And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who loves opening day for baseball. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And for goodness sake, who doesn't love opening day with baseball? I'll tell you more about that later. But I'll tell you what, it's a beautiful day here on Milleronia, and don't they sound great, that orchestra... As I've said before, and I mean it every time, they make me happy every week, and they sound better and better every week. That's, of course, the Gary Shandling Orchestra and the Marsha Russell Dancers featuring boy tenor William Lucking asking the musical question, when telling people how much money you save doing home repairs yourself, is it okay to omit the lost wages and emergency room bills? Well, William, that's that's a that's a darn good question. It's a heck of a question. And uh you know what? First of all, no, it's not okay, and I think everyone will agree with me on this, and I'm just gonna tell you straight out, stop doing home repairs. You're hurting yourself too much. Hire someone else and never use power drills on a roof again. I mean, for goodness sake. Yeah, is it is it okay to omit the lost wages and emergency room bills? Boy, oh boy. Stop, well, again, stop using really big tooth saws. Finer tooth, okay, but the big ones, you're going to lose a limb. That's, I, I think, I'm not just saying that for myself and everyone on Milleronia, but I'm, I'm saying that to all our listeners. But, uh, but thanks, good question. And, of course, I mentioned Gary Shandling. God bless him. A friend and, well, a colleague and terrible with his passing. And I just, and I'll mention him a little later and I'll tell you a story about him. But, uh, and Marsha Russell, of course, is just great for dancers. But you know what? And in fact, I want to do a bit of housekeeping here. gets me. <laughs> I love that the doorbell has to ring a couple of times, three, four times. This salesman wants to sell. Whoever that is, or it's the postman, Mr. Donahue. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but we always called the uh, men who came to the house by their names. It was when we were kids. Our parents told us, no, that's Mr. Donahue. So we couldn't just say nothing or couldn't you know, call an adult by his first name. So I remember our postman was Mr. Donahue. Anyway, uh, you know what, though? This is a little housekeeping, and it's important. The weather machine here on Milleronia is on the fritz. Yes, I know. I invented it, and it keeps it gorgeous here. And it just it's just good luck that it's a beautiful day today because the weather machine is broken, and we're working on it. Uh, you'll be happy to know I've tossed several of its operators in the volcano already, 
And they were very upset to go, but that's the way we run things here. Things go on the fritz, you go on the fritz. And uh, the ones that I've left alive, the happy ones, are working 24 hours a day. So, and if you want to keep up with the news about it, with the, how the weather machine is going, please check us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest news. By the way, for Twitter, we're at Larry Miller Show. It's at Larry Miller Show. And on Facebook, at facebook.com slash Larry Miller Show. And uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know. And by Amazon, PayPal, and my book. Yes, once again, companies we love. I I, I really like Amazon because I, I, I've mentioned this before, and I still feel the same way. Amazon does three things no other company in the world can do. They First of all, you can order anything, anything in the world. That's number one. Number two, they already have it. They don't even have to send for it, and they don't even have to make it. They have everything you could possibly imagine already in a giant warehouse in one of those Indiana Jones warehouses. And you know what? Go to Amazon. Don't go yourself, though. That's a mistake people make all the time. Don't go to your own computer, to your own laptop, to your own iPhone, whatever it is you have. Don't go and go to Amazon. That You don't want to do that. You don't want to be a jabbernowl. You don't want to be a moon calf. Those are two great old W.C. Fields words. But don't do that. Go to our website at LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. <laughs> well, that gets me too. Maybe it's because it's such a beautiful day here on Milleronia. Or maybe it was just the fun of tossing those folks in the volcano. It is fun, by the way. I know that sounds awful, but you know what? It's a good laugh. And we always go out for, well, a nice piece of Danish afterwards. I take a lot of the, lot of the guides and helpers out with me. But uh, <laughs> that made me laugh. In any case, so you know what? Go to Amazon on our website. Go to our website. And we have a banner that says Amazon. You click that, and you can go back to sleep. Get in your easy chair and put a magazine over your face and take a nap. We will get you there. Colonel Jeff and I, I don't care if it's the middle of the night, we will wake up. We have a special, like the bat phone, a special phone that has a red light that flashes. And we get right out of bed and we go to the studio, whether we're on Milleronia or not. We will get there and get you to Amazon. And that's a promise. And we will get you there. And by the way, once we get you there, the third thing Amazon does that's really great, they always send us a percentage of whatever you order. And that's my favorite part. They send it right to the Larry Miller Show, and Colonel Jeff and I put it right in the box for our next big fancy fried chicken dinner with two drinks beforehand in a separate place, which we may, may, might invite Dr. Chris to next time as well. But we'll get you there. And by PayPal. That's right, PayPal. One of the best companies. They also have a banner on our website, which, remember, is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. <laughs> I am in a good mood today. 
Boy, that terrible last sound there. What is that, a tuba or a, or a trombone with a terrible problem? At any rate, PayPal is a terrific group. You know what? They they make you feel like you're saving the world, and, and maybe you are. And by the way, it's a good message. If you enjoy the show here, the Larry Miller Show, and why wouldn't you? And if you'd like to send us a few bucks to help out, and why wouldn't you? You can do it through PayPal. So instead of saying donate or pay what you like or words like that of, hey, you could be on the Platinum Committee. I, I don't like things like that. I always like to say, buy us some drinks because that's not only a friendly thing to do, but, you know, there are different levels to buy drinks on. There's level one through five all the way up to, we're driving to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I like those folks, too. And uh, you know what, though? Look for the PayPal banner on our website. And every little bit helps us keep the old leg lamp lit. And thank you to everyone who has contributed already and those of you who are about to. And by me, me, my book. Boy, me almost made me <laughs> cough there. But like cough saliva. That's no good. <laughs> what me means is that signed hardcover copies of my book, Spoiled Rotten America, are now for sale at store.comedyfilmnerds.com. And uh, you'll like the book. I really think you will. It's, I loved writing it, and it's, uh, it's funny, and it's, and it's tales of life, and my life and yours. And uh, so please order more, and I really think you'll be glad you did. So, you know what? That brings us to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. And uh, this is a good one. Nothing better than a good joke, and uh, Colonel Jeff and I both like this one. A beautiful blonde, dressed to the nines walks into a library and walks right up to the front desk there, and uh, the clerk at the desk says, Yes, may I help you? And the blonde says, uh, Yes, I'll have a cheeseburger, large fries, and a Pepsi. And the clerk says, Excuse me, you do know this is a library, don't you? And she says, uh, Oh, I'll have a cheeseburger, large fries, and a Pepsi. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? We we giggled nicely over that one. <laughs> See, she didn't. She didn't know. But she's nice. She's very sweet. She's not only beautiful, but she's she's willing to be polite and go along with tradition. You know, folks, it reminded me of something that uh, I'd like to tell you, that uh, one of my kids, uh, our older boy, by the way, the one who's a Marine now, uh, was uh, applying to the local uh, high school here, Notre Dame. It's a private school. And he was going to be in their baseball program for the summer. And he needed to apply for that. So my wife told me uh, uh, the night before, she said, uh, look, here's his uh, application that he filled out. And she put it in the classic application envelope. That's about eight by 10. It's uh, one of those uh, yellowish, orangish envelopes. You put a, put a, piece of shirt cardboard in there with it and she said uh you know take this to the post office the next day okay honey 
And uh, we were on strike at the time. The Writers Guild was on strike. And so we were picketing at various studios. And I was uh, going to our well local studio here. Good place, too. Radford, that... Uh, that uh, this, that's where Seinfeld was shot and all sorts of good shows. And uh, so I was uh, picketing there. We're walking back and forth. And with, I guess about 50 or 60 other writers. And uh, you could tell we were writers, by the way, because they give you a T-shirt, first of all, that said that had like a, a fist held up with a pen in it, with a fountain pen in it. And that was, uh, you know, supposed to be, uh, you know, to show you how... Together we are as writers. But that's the thing, you know, because the writers, you know, I got a double XL T-shirt that they have there. And they even had triple XLs or just regular XLs. And, uh, in fact, I went to another rally at one point that was that was uh, made with the Screen Actors Guild as well. And I'm a member of both unions. And they asked me, they were nice enough to say, hey, would you like to do uh, – Something can get up on one of the stages there and we'll just shoot you doing this or that. Okay, fine. That's awfully nice. And they said, here, put a Screen Actors Guild t-shirt on. And uh, they gave me a small. And uh, I said to them, I said, well, do you have you know, a bigger size? Do you have an XL or a double XL or something? And they looked at me because they didn't. They went to where, what they had. And all they had was small, extra small. And crazy small. And it dawned on me, that's when I realized, well, that's what the difference is between the two unions. You know, an actor's union is going to be filled with small T-shirts for thin people. That's what the actor's union is. That's who the actors are. But a writer's union will have triple XL T-shirts because, well, if you could see us walking on the picket line, you know, it's amazing we didn't all lose 20 pounds from walking the line. But we were, writers are a little beefier than actors, and that's just the way it goes. But I left the picket line to go to the post office with my son's application. And there's a local post office we have there that's uh, on Laurel Canyon, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about that place. It's, it's a little hard to pull around and park into, and uh, it's a fine post office. It's okay. But, you know, there's always going to be a big line there. And I realized, hey, wait a minute. There's a post office uh, down at Moore Park on an, another part of where we live, not far from the studio where I was picketing. And I said, you know, I'll go there. It's actually quieter on that block. And it looks like a nice place. You know, it, uh, who knows I, if, if the line is long, all right. But I'd like to go there. I'd like to see what that place is like. So I did. I pulled in there. Nice parking lot, too. And I... And I uh, walked in, and I was lucky because, you know what? There was only one guy online in front of me, and I said, wow, look at that. How do you like that? And I got, and I just uh, s uh, stepped up behind him, and the other guy at the counter had finished up, and he went right to the counter, and he only took a minute or two, and then it was my turn. I thought, wow, we're doing well here. So I walked up. And I smiled at the the clerk, and he smiled at me. And I uh, put my envelope down, the big thing with that with my kid's application. And he just glanced at it and said, "Oh, Notre Dame." Uh, I said, uh, "Yeah, one of my uh, kids is applying to uh, join the baseball program there this summer." And he said, "Well, I know that place pretty well. Our kids went to Notre Dame. That we we sent them there, and it's a he'll be happy. That's a good school." 
it's good good for baseball, good for everything, even which just for the summer they'll run a good program. I said, God, well, that's good to know. And I said, uh, well, how, you know, uh, what do you think? How should I uh, send this, regular? Or should I do like a fancy overnight thing? You know, I want to get it there, and it has to be there in less than a week. So, I mean, uh, well, you know, what do you think? And he just looked at me for a second, and there was uh, silence. You know, we were just both looking at each other. And uh, he said, uh, what do you mean? And uh, and I said, recommend, please. What should I do here? You know, I just, I mean, you work here. Just give me some advice. I'll, I'll do whatever you want. It's no big deal to me. But should I send it regular or maybe overnight? I'll send it overnight. Just, you know, and uh, tell me what to do. And there was another long pause. And he said to me, I'm not sure what you want. And I said, not sure. Now I'm starting to get a little annoyed. Not not sure. You know, I want to say, hey, buddy, I'm on a picket line. You know, I can't do this all day here. I just came here. My wife gave me this. You already know the school. So, I mean, come on. I said, uh, give me, you know, help me out here. Which way should I send this? And he said to me, you do know this is a library, don't you? And I looked at him, he looked at me, and I said, what? And now, for the first time, now I looked into the place. I hadn't even looked in there yet. And sure enough, there are, well, a couple dozen people at tables with books, and there's long aisles with, you know, about 20 aisles loaded with books and shelves. And in other words, it's a library. And I looked back at him, and I started to laugh. And I said, how do you like that? I thought it was, he said, yeah, he thought it was a post office, but no, it's a library. And I said, holy mackerel. And he said, I'm just glad you you don't you didn't get angry or anything. I said, a- angry? I said, it's, who'd want to miss a good laugh like this? And he, he chuckled too, and I said, all right, well, I... I guess I'll go to, well, the post office, the one I know on Laurel Canyon. He said, yeah, that's probably the thing to do. So I I left, I went to the post office, and it was fine. There was a line. Whatever it is, you get online, and, and they're nice. They took it, and my kid went to play baseball that summer at, at Notre Dame and did very, very well there. But you know what? That goes to show you, you don't miss a good laugh in life like that, folks. Don't don't miss a good one. And, uh, boy, how do you like that? No, I didn't know it was a library. But thank God I've never been afraid to smile and say, hmm, how do you like that? That's a good, funny moment. And after we left, I left, he left. And, uh, no, hang on a second. And he and he laughed, and I laughed, and after we laughed, and of course it's a library. So I leaned in and said, "I'm sorry. Should I send it regular or first class?" No, I didn't do that, of course. But <laughs> that's a good follow-up joke from the Colonel. And you know what? I hope you liked it too. And that brings me to my second favorite part of the show: the poetry corner. Ah, 
love that theme. I love that string quartet. And I love that guy's cough. Here's another funny thing about show business, folks. You know what? That cough is going to exist for as long as we do. We could do this show, and I love it very much, but we could do this for a thousand years, and that guy's cough will still be the same. He'll be just fine. He may be long gone himself, but that cough will live forever. And uh, this is a lovely poem. It's a poem by James Joyce, and I think it's fair to say the great James Joyce. From 1882 to 1941, he lived. He was Irish and uh, lived and born and lived in Ireland, and he's well known for so many great books like Ulysses, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, Finnegan's Wake. He was part of the modernists, the avant-garde movement at the time, and was regarded as one of the most influential and important artists of the 20th century. And uh, pick one of those up. Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, by the way, is a, they're all great books, but Portrait of the Artist is is a wonderful book, and it's not hard to read. You don't need a professor and 12 other graduate students to get through it. And uh, nothing wrong with that, by the way, but pick up Portrait of the Artist if you've never read any Joyce and and go through it. You'll You'll be very touched. You'll be very intrigued, and you might be in the avant-garde movement yourself. But uh, here's a fine poem by James Joyce, and it's called All Day I Hear the Noise of Waters. All day I hear the noise of waters making moan, sad as the seabird is when going forth alone he hears the winds cry to the waters monotone the gray winds the cold winds are blowing where i go i hear the noise of many waters far below all day all night i hear them flowing to and fro and uh that's all day i hear the noise of waters by james joyce Pick up any of his work and, well, join the movement that is still alive and well. And that brings us to my third favorite part of the show. MMM, Magic Movie Moment, Triple M. Love that piano note. And you know what? This is a good triple M. They, I hope they all are for you. And it's showing how much I love movies, how much you love movies, and how in any terrific movie, there's often a, a, a part in it or a scene in it or some words in it or something that really make you think that that's a magical moment. And uh, that's something you remember no matter how many other times you see that movie. And this movie is very good. I thought it was terrific. It's from 2001, and the movie is called 61, directed by Billy Crystal, starring Thomas Jane and Barry Pepper, and it's the story of Roger Maris on the New York Yankees, and he was number nine, and it's the story of him in 1961 chasing 
and catching Babe Ruth's home run record of 61. But it's a much tougher story than that. It's a much deeper story than that. And this is really the part that stayed with me, well, since the movie came out. It's about the horrible treatment Roger Maris got along the way that season from every sports writer and every fan. No one was happy about him chasing this record. He was good friends with Mickey Mantle, but Mickey Mantle got sick that year, and Mickey Mantle was a different—they uh, were different kind of people. And Roger Maris was—remember, this is 1961, and he could only communicate with his wife and children by phone. They lived far from New York, but he was a good man and a very decent man, and he really worked hard, and he loved being a Yankee baseball player— but folks, when he was chasing Babe Ruth's record, he really got dumped on and treated terribly, and it had a big effect on him. And over the course of that season, he didn't know how to live, really. Every city he went to, the sports writers made things up about him. They they, they wrote that he said certain things that he never said. And again, the fans, he began to get death threats and lots of letters, and it made him feel horrible, and it got worse and worse. And sure enough, he hung in there, and he broke Babe's record with 61 home runs that season. But that's the triple M for me. That's the magic movie moment for me. It's seeing how Barry Pepper played the Roger Maris, the great Roger Maris, and seeing how he tells that story with his acting. And Billy Crystal directed it beautifully. But folks, seeing what life can really be like for those people, those baseball players, well, it's not the fun and romance we sometimes think of it as. And he was very blessed. He had a great career, old number nine for the Yankees. And he broke the Babe's record. And Roger Maris was always a favorite of mine. But I hope he is of yours. One of these days, see the movie 61. It's very, very good. And it tells something about Roger Maris worth knowing. And something you might not know, well, so far. And, well, you don't have to be a bad fan or a bad sports writer to love Roger Maris, and that's what makes it a magic movie moment for me. And you know what? Uh, it reminded me, especially because the uh, start of baseball season is coming up, and we just had Easter and uh, just a few days ago, and I, I began to think, and I was asking Colonel Jeff about this too, don't we care about Easter anymore? I mean, uh, what about Easter Sunday parades? Are there any? I, I was just recalling, I don't think I even saw the word Easter in any newspapers. I don't think it was mentioned on the news anywhere. I mean, and it just made me think that, uh, well, we always called it Easter vacation where at this time of year all the kids are off from school, but they just call it hiatus now or, or spring break, and those are cold names. Those don't really mean anything. Well, in case you've forgotten, Easter is a very important holiday that, you know, and and that has nothing to do with chocolate bunnies. 
And it's it's a major day for, you know, well, for any anyone with Christianity. And do they still call it Easter vacation or does everyone call it a hiatus? Do, do clergy just shrug it off too or do they consider it good? Uh, do they, what do they just sleep in and play golf? I mean, I was remembering that seeing the movie Easter Parade, which is from 1948, Easter Parade, with uh, Fred Astaire and Judy Garland. Terrific cast, and uh, Irving Berlin wrote the music to that. And so that movie, boy, in Technicolor for Easter Parade, and I remember my parents talking about that. Oh, the Easter Parade, which is going down Fifth Avenue. And that's one of the uh, lyrics Berlin wrote, on the avenue, Fifth Avenue. But, you know, and my my parents used to say, I remember being a kid and them saying that, oh, you know what, we'll have to get up to Harlem too because, oh, everyone everyone in Harlem puts on the most beautiful parade and all the women dress so nicely. And, uh, and I just don't know if anyone even thinks that way anymore. Do we do it anymore? You know, uh, no, we don't. Do we do anything? The movie Easter Parade? Or I, I was remembering as a kid seeing all the news people singing Christmas songs in December. That is just a regular news, uh, CBS, NBC, ABC, and uh, they would get everyone together, everyone, all the employees of the station there, the news people, all the camera people, you know, all the secretaries and all the executives and all the news people too, all the anchors, all the stars of the news. And they all got them together and they stood outside. It was wintertime in New York, so it was cold and they all had their winter outfits on and they were standing on coral steps. And so they were very visible and they would all sing a Christmas song. They would shoot them singing a Christmas song. I remember Silver Bells one year. I remember Silver Bells at Christmas time in the city. But you know what? That was wonderful. I really looked forward to that. And I don't think anyone does that anymore. I don't think that, uh, you know, what other days are special? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know anywhere. Certainly there were some, you know, places there was. I worked at a job as a as a comic when I was just a baby comic, and it was a great job. And this was upstate New York. It was a religious community and with people that, uh, oh, they did it every year for generations in their families. They would have, well, uh, big tents that they would set up for their families. So they would spend a week there. And they also had uh, little cabins that they could have. These were a lot of people, and they loved it there. And I stayed in a hotel there for a few days that was on the grounds of this group, and it was it was a nice hotel, an old hotel made of wood, two or three stories, and we went to see, after my show, I had a terrific time, and I really liked everyone, strolling along after the show and saying hi to people as they were sitting on folding chairs in front of their tents, and uh, we would we'd shake hands and could have a cup of coffee and... Uh, and then say, well, thank you and goodbye and keep strolling along. And the next day, the point is that we all went to the July 4th parade in town. And they had one. It was a little town. And I guess you might call it a little parade. But I thought it was the greatest parade I had ever seen. It was, well, yeah, a small town parade. Kind of like a 
a fond look back, a Twilight Zone parade, a look back in time, and they'd have the veterans with their VS, VFW caps going along and folks carrying flags and banners and school children. And not a long parade, not a big parade, not a lot of people, but as lovely as it could be for all that. And I wish we, I don't even know who the we is, I wish we still did things like that. And I, I wish we still looked forward to things like that. I remember being in the marching band in high school. And I remember us being in the Memorial Day Parade every year. And one of the reasons I remember, well, first of all, we were happy. We were touched by it. We were a good marching band, too, directed by Mr. Emig. And one of the things I remember is our uniforms were one of those that were made from planes from World War II. They had, you know, all the other, the sort of pseudo-fabrics that were on the inside of the fuselages. They used everything in those days. They still used the, the metal parts, the steel parts to use in our house. The door frames inside were made of B-24s, and everyone's were. But you know what? I remember how hot those uniforms were on Memorial Day. Folks, these uniforms must have weighed 30 pounds each. And I mean, they were thick. It was like being in Road to Perdition. And where all those overcoats seemed like they were an inch and a half thick. Well, you know what? We do things like that on Milleronia. And I wish we did them on the mainland, too. We have parades on Milleronia. True, we have volcanoes, too. But you know what? Yeah. I wish we had other special days. And I mentioned, yes, the start of baseball season. That's a that's kind of a special day. This coming Monday is the opening of the baseball season for the San Diego Padres. And they're at home in San Diego playing the Dodgers. And as you may already know, every baseball team has a nice ceremony for opening day. They have someone good come out and sing the Star Spangled Banner. And uh, not someone who's going to walk out naked and have a tattoo done while she's singing. Sure, I'd like to see that, but not on opening day. <laughs> but they give awards to Little League teams, and they pay tuitions as gifts for poor kids. And uh, and Marines always march out with the Marine flag and the American flag. And the American flag is unfolded in ceremony with respect while everyone stands and takes their caps off and covers their hearts with them. And I'm taking my younger son down to San Diego this Monday to see all this. I'm not a Padres fan, and I'm not a Dodgers fan, but our son is a Marine, as I've mentioned. And we just found out last night, he called us to tell us, he has been chosen as one of the four Marines who unfold and hold the flag. And... He'll be dressed in his dress blues with the white hat and his corporal's stripes. I had to slide that in. I mean, you know, I'm proud of him. He's a lance corporal now, and uh, he's he's very proud of it. And so were we. My wife has to work that day, so she can't go, but we were so happy to hear it and so proud of him, too. And I said, I got the idea, hey, wait a minute, why don't we go? And my wife couldn't go, but... I said, you know, to with our younger son, I said, why don't you and I go down there? We can drive down. And he was excited about it. 
And so am I. You know, we'll get a hotel room near the stadium. And maybe the night before, who knows, maybe Sunday night. And if my son, the Lance Corporal, is there in time, maybe we'll all go out for a nice breakfast on Monday. And plus, we'll get a couple of Padres caps and T-shirts at the stadium, right? I mean, who wouldn't do that? And uh, see, it may not sound so fancy to you or like such a big thing, but it is to us. We're going to order some tickets tonight and find out whether my Marine son is going to be watching the game from a cool room behind the dugout, which they may be doing, or up in the cheap seats. Either way is fine. He's really excited, and uh, and cheap seats are cool, too, you know, if you don't jump up too fast to grab a foul ball and fall out. But uh, it's going to be very meaningful, and I'm glad we're going to do it. And as I said, oh, it may not sound like the fanciest thing in the world, but we're going to have a nice drive down there, and my younger son is going to be the navigator. And as I said, we'll get a hotel room and maybe a nice dinner together, maybe Sunday night, and uh, breakfast the next day. And then we'll watch, well, we'll watch my older boy go out as a proud Marine, and we'll be proud of him. And uh, that's going to be a special day, too. And you know what, though? I mentioned Gary Shandling before, and God bless him, but uh, yes, he died very suddenly, as I'm sure you know, and we were going to have a dinner for him. We are going to have a dinner for him because there's a terrific restaurant uh, called Dan Tanner's in town in West Hollywood, and the last time I was there was with Gary Shandling, was uh, a bunch of us. Seinfeld and uh, Reiser and Leno and me and uh, Jimmy Brogan and Bill Maher and uh, Gary Shandling all went to Dan Tanner's. This was when Johnny Carson passed away, and we all got together to, well, raise a glass to Johnny Carson. And now we're going to raise one for Gary Shandling at the same place and at the same table. You know what? I remember the first time I met him, in fact, was at a coffee shop called, I think the name was The Silver Spoon. We used to come out from New York when we were working our first jobs as comics at uh, places like there was, what was it, the, oh, the, the Laugh Stop in Newport Beach. And we would always sleep on a friend's floor. And uh, our friend Wallace, George Wallace, is a great comedian, and uh, we'd always have a friend over, and so uh, I slept, Seinfeld did that, and uh, I did that. You'd sleep on the floor there in his apartment, which was great. And uh, one night while I was there, before the job started, I was there a night or two before, and Wallace and I and Seinfeld went out to this place, the uh, coffee shop, the Silver Spoon. And it was bigger and nicer than that. I mean, it was like a... I guess you'd call it a fancy coffee shop. And Gary Shandling was there. He came over and sat down with us. He was already friends with Wallace. And uh, he sat down, and that's how I first met him. And I remember, in fact, he was uh, he was looking at me, and somewhere in the middle of the meal, I just glanced over, and he was looking at me, and he just said, You're funny. I can tell. 
you're going to be a funny comic. I think I can tell you've got uh, you've got it in you, and uh, I can see it from here. And well, that was a that was a great thing to hear. We were all well. I guess you'd say baby comics then, or you know, uh, we had our own apartments. We had friends. What well, we were sleeping on their floor, and uh, but I remember thinking, wow, the, thank you. That's uh, boy, what a you know, nice thing to say. It's not something you hear a lot. Even he—he he was a very mystical fella, Gary. He could think things like that and say things like that. He was—he was quite a man. And I always liked seeing him, and we'd sit down and chat. And he would always come down to the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, and that's a good gathering spot for all of us. And he'd be working out new material. He'd have his yellow legal pads all jammed with new writing and it was always good to see him and uh, we'd always catch up in comedy and I'm sorry this happened to him but I I know he's all right I know he is and uh, that's because you and I know the same things folks and we always will we know that Homer is Homer and Pluto is a planet and remember As always, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And Gary Shandling won too. Be well and I'll see you here next time.